1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Time for Feats of Strength. Week three. Check out Spencer Brown. Bill's right tackle. He takes Durant Payne. To the ground and watch carefully. It reminds me of the old Mercy game that you play as a kid where mercy, you get your mercy. fingers locked and you push him back. That's exactly what he did there. How about this? Oh, Sony Michelle. Now, Ross Cockrell leaves his feet. They, there's a reason they tell you not to leave your feet because you leave your feet, it doesn't take much to flip you over your head. That's not strength as much as it's just right place, right time, and also a helmet in a spot that, that might hurt a little bit. Darius <laughs> little Leonard, bad. congratulations. Shedding your blocker so you can make the tackle. That's a good thing to do. Let's get off the block. Let's make the tackle. Oops.
2: Maybe I should have not. <laughs> your reward shed my is to try. Look at that. He yeah. tries to punch yeah. the ball out. Your reward is to hit this Mack truck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to punch him in the chin. Just happened to
1: get close to the ball. Daniel Jones, the irresistible force, the immovable object. Mighty Jarrett. He wins that fight. I don't know oh. that I would tell. Daniel Jones to drop a shoulder into Grady Jarrett. Look at Grady Jarrett. He was disappointed. He's going to hear
2: about that all week. Oh my gosh. Is he going to hear about that? (laughs) Nick Bosa may hear
1: about this. Robert Tunyon rhymes with Funyon. Now I think a well-placed shoulder when the guy doesn't see it coming can put a guy on his ass more easily than we would realize. Definitely. Bosa just doesn't see it. Right. Bosa doesn't see it and the shoulder, the chip puts him down. Eric Stokes sees this one and there isn't a damn thing he can do about it because he can't go low anymore that's a violation you can't go low i don't know that going low would have mattered like do you really want to be trampled by uh, that guy no really i'll just as soon be shoved to the ground <laughs> yeah by trent williams my goodness all right uh, that was the week three feats of strength these are the week four power rankings and there's a new sheriff in town his name is not reggie hammond his name is the st louis rams they've taken over the top spot in the power rankings by virtue of beating the Bucks. Rarely, if ever, do I drop the team that loses at number one to number two. But you know what, Chris, when I looked at the rest of the teams, who else would be number two if not the Buccaneers?
2: Uh yeah, I, I'm with you. I, to me it's either them or the Bills. Uh you know, again, yeah, I'm not don't overreact. I think you're right. Staying strong. The Bucks played the best team in football. They lost. Okay, so what? They're still one of the best teams in football, if not the best. So, uh, I'm with you there. You, you don't penalize them. But I think you got the top three right, in my opinion. I, I do think it's that. I think, you know, of course, the Bills, we know they lost that opener to Pittsburgh, but outplayed them a lot of ways and screwed up the game in a lot of ways. And they've, they've righted the ship on the offensive side of the ball to where you go, uh-oh, watch out Buffalo. I mean, their defenses look damn good, and now their offense got rolling last week. So I'm with you on your top three, man. Rick
1: J. Rosé disagrees with the placement of the Bucks ahead of the Bills. He says, I would put Buffalo ahead of the Bucks, considering our defense has been playing better. What's this hour, Rick? Rick, Hour? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, no mouse in the pocket, Rick. It's, uh, it's the Bills' defense, but I appreciate the passion. Uh, I, I I just feel like the Bucks are the better team right now. I just you know it's 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 a gut feel. It's a vibe. Sure. I, and right now, if the Bucks and the Bills were to play, I think we'd both be confident the Bucks
2: would prevail. Yeah, I, I mean, I would probably pick the Bucks. I don't know if I'd feel confident about it. You know, the, they the, will
1: play later this year. Oh
2: yeah, I know. The one thing you see from Buffalo is they can protect the passer. We saw that again last week. You know, I mean, Washington really never got close. They did a good job against Pittsburgh, too. Josh Allen just had some times where he held the ball too long, you know, and then the defense was the question we had coming into the year, just like, hey, is it going to be middle of the road or is it going to be really good? It's been really good. The offense kind of stumbled out of the gates, and now they got it going, and Josh Allen got it going last week. I feel like a little bit like that was like uh, Rodgers in the second half against Detroit where you just go, "Uh uh-oh, they got a little confidence and mojo on that side of the ball now. Watch out! And I, you know, I, I, I think Buffalo is proven to me that they are legit. It's not just the Josh Allen show. It's a well-rounded football team. They can run the ball, you know, just enough. And I, I think they are definitely one of the heavyweights for sure. And the bottom line is they're number three.
1: You got to be thrilled with the idea that your team is number three after what happened to them at home against the Steelers in Week One. I'm surprised I didn't get more complaints about the Bills being as high as they are since that memory of losing losing Week One losing, to the huh? Steelers losing losing <laughs> that that wasn't that was just a miss that was that wasn't deliberate. <laughs> Yours are all deliberate. That was just a failure of my my tongue and my palate. But uh, losing to the Steelers at home Week One. I I I could make the argument they they shouldn't be as high as they are, but the problem is who are the best teams right now? This leads to some of the other feedback we got is the Ravens at four, Flom God, uh, the Ravens at four after needing a miracle to beat the, the Lions is a little odd. Lewis M Franklin, should the Ravens be ahead of the Raiders when the Raiders beat them? I get it, but you know the Ravens beat the Chiefs, which I think was a signature victory that gave them lift, and they still beat the Lions. I think the way they beat the Lions. Almost as impressive as beating them by 30 or, or being up 38 to 10 and watching the lead fritter away late like the 49ers did. I, I just think that right now, the Ravens are a dangerous team. They're feeling invincible. They're feeling like they're going to beat you, and they've got Lamar Jackson, who continues to be one of the best players in the NFL. Even though, for whatever reason, there are more and more people that want to tear him down, not build him up. It's the craziest thing
2: ever. Uh, the people, it, it is. There's like an attack on Lamar uh, lately. It, it is. It is weird to me. And hey, let's not forget in that game. You know, I know I wasn't here Monday. Like, but you know, Hollywood Brown dropped two, at least two touchdowns, maybe three. Either way, they're like, "Oh, the ball's going to be on the three yard line going in," and so that that was they, they had a little more control of the game. But I don't think you should have them at four. I don't. I, I think you are a little too high on them. Who would you put at four? Who would you put at four? I, I wouldn't. I would put the Raiders there at four right now. I, I would. can't do it yet. I know can't you can. do it yet. I get it. I, I really, honestly, uh, I'm not as high on the Ravens altogether as you are. I probably would have like, I would probably have the raiders like at 9 and bump everybody up that's just the way i feel the ravens at 9 yeah. the
1: ravens at 9
2: i would i just i wow. uh, uh, yeah again i look at the chiefs game and go man the chiefs just messed that up I, that's the way i look at it it still was a big win i don't want to take credit away from them i know it sounds like i am you know last week yeah still underwhelming the way the game looked for the most part so yeah i guess i got questions about them still so th- that's where i'd i'd probably you're, you're definitely higher on them than, than I am. I just have a hard time parsing through the rest of the teams in the top
1: and saying that team should be higher than the Ravens. And I realize the Raiders beat the Ravens, but it was a crazy back-and-forth overtime game. If they had played that game in Baltimore, the Ravens would have won that game. I think the Raiders got a huge lift from having sure. fans present sure. at Allegiant Stadium for the first time, and it was a little fluky. But it's tough. It's tough to split hairs
2: because – other than the rams and the bucks i in uh, the bills i think you're right who's, it's hard and the, who's it's hard.
1: really standing out
2: yes I, I listen i think that that question is legitimate the team i would go to even though i'm sure you still got a little bad taste in your mouth is the packers you know the, the packers would be a team that i would i i would maybe have the packers at 4 and then go raiders cardinals you know panthers 49ers ravens that that because the packers at least they showed me something last week I mean, to go into San Francisco, they were not out physical like we've seen in other matchups against that type of team. You know, they were able to run the ball a little bit, protected pretty good with two starters out on the offensive line. They never let the Shanahan run game really get off off. You know, like get going and kill them that way. They really, you know, blew some opportunities to really, really kind of control the game, especially with that like fourth and one down at the two or three yard line. So they would be a team where I know that week one was bad, but I think they've done enough over the last two years, the way they look the last two weeks, and then, of course, with their quarterback that I might I might have them up there in that class. But I, your point's real, Mike. I, I'm with you. The Rams, Bucks, and Bills stand apart to me to, from the rest of the NFL right now.
1: Well, they're going to have a chance to make their climb because the Packers have now, the Steelers, a team they should beat, at the Bengals. That's a game the Packers should win. All due respect to what the Bengals have done so far this season. At the Bears, give me a break given where the Bears currently are. The Washington football team. And then they have a Thursday night short week game at Arizona. That's their next challenge. They got Arizona and Chiefs back-to-back on the road. Those are ones that I'd be a little concerned about. But I see win, 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 win. I see four in a row coming to go with two in a row. To get them to six and one through the first seven, that'd be a pretty damn good start for the Packers. Yeah, and I'll probably pick them each of the next four weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I think I'm with you. You know, the, the, Yeah, the, I think at that that Bengals game in Cincinnati will be a little tricky. The Bengals are a little bit better than I gave them credit for going in the year. They're one of those teams when I yeah, did like my last preseason. Let me dive into a team a little more. I went, uh. The Bengals, I think, are better than I gave them credit for. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where this Packers thing goes. Is this a is this jump-off spot to where you start to go, whoa, okay, they got confidence and they're going to be physical in a different team this year? Or, you know, are they going to kind of be – are they going to lay an egg this week And a pissed-off Pittsburgh team coming to town too? Uh, so that, that'll be something to watch, just the psychology of that altogether. Yeah. Um, 49ers fell from 6 yeah, to 9 right. after losing to the Packers.
1: Dak comeback season asks, should they drop three spots when they lost to some late game heroics? Well, yeah, because you can't let Aaron Rodgers hang around. You got to deliver the knockout punch like you did twice in 2019, 37 to 9, 37 to 20. That's one way to avoid having the game stolen from you, not that it was stolen in a bad way, but it was taken. It was taken away. You yeah. had the win, and it was taken away. Yeah. Um, you, you you don't let them keep it close. So the 49ers deserve to drop. And I – and I Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I got questions about them with Garoppolo at quarterback. Gotcha. I understand what I th- – I mean, at least I think I understand what they're doing. We're riding with Garoppolo until he gets injured or until it's so bad that the locker room says, okay, we're, we're ready to disown Jimmy G and embrace Trey Lance. They're not there yet. Right. And uh, I've got concerns about them until they get there because, hey, in, in a matchup of Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers, when both are throwing the ball, when it's not the Bob Greasy plan for for Jimmy G, Garoppolo can't hang with Aaron Rodgers. We, no, we know that. No, no. we've always known it, but we saw it Sunday night. Yeah, you're right. And
2: it, it, listen, it, it was it, they they couldn't score a touchdown in the first half until they, you know, the the end of the, the end of the quarter there, end of the first half. I mean, they, there was no offense to really speak up. You know, and then, hey, they got it going a little bit in the second half. But I think ultimately what I look at more in that game is Green Bay outplayed San Francisco. It should have never came down to what it was there at the end. You know, that's the way at least I look at it. You know, I do. I think Green Bay outplayed them for most of the night. They blew opportunities to really control the game and put the 49ers in a very, very tough spot. And then, of course, the 49ers made a little run, like we talk about all the time. You got a chance to put a team away, or really put them in a tough spot. You got to do it. They didn't do it. They let them hang around, and uh, you know they got the miracle worker and Rodgers there to to come through. So I, I'm with you, Mike. I got the same questions. I mean, offensively, it wasn't good against the Eagles two weeks ago, and it has it wasn't great the other night either. So uh, I, I, I got to see a little bit more from from them as well. I, I don't disagree with you there.
1: Next one, uh, well, it's not even an observation from me. I think it's just Pete chiming in, down eight spots for the Chiefs to 12. They never fell out of the top four in the power rankings last season. Hey, the, the mystique is gone. They can get it back, and maybe the fact that people perceive the mystique to be gone is what will help them get it back, but this is the team we always counted on to find a way. Oh, it's Mahomes and the Chiefs. They'll find a way. Two straight games. They have not found a way, and they found their way to one and two. And the
2: slide begins, Chris, and they have to turn it around. They do. They, I mean, and, it, and it's on their their stars and their playmakers right now. You know, like we talk about with Dallas, like, hey, their offense is their strength. That's the team, the part of the team that's going to put, you know, pressure on you. They're, they're, the Chiefs' offense has kind of failed that way a little bit. You know, they had it going against the Ravens up by 11 points and then just didn't finish the job and then blew it down the stretch. Last week, same way, it started out – where, you know, what the Chiefs do and what we've seen them do in the Mahomes era is they jump out on teams and big plays, big plays, and all of a sudden these teams are going, oh no, we're down 17 nothing, or we're down 20 nothing, or 21-7, to and we can't stay with our game plan. We got to abandon ship and start, you know, throwing the ball and being a little bit imbalanced that way. To now Spagnolo knows that and starts going, calling all his crazy coverages. Oh, they can't run the ball because they're down. They're going to have to throw it. And it, it, it plays into their hands. They haven't been able to get teams into that position the first three weeks. Um, we're gonna. Can I talk a little bit about the the Chiefs here for a second? Like, I knew we were gonna break that game down the other day. Hey, the Chiefs. You know, nobody's gonna p- stop playing these umbrella defenses or these soft coverage defenses until they prove they can be like. Tom Brady and the Patriots used to be, or Drew Brees and the Saints, to where they can just go down 10 plays, 80 yards every drive, and you go, fine, play umbrella defense, but we're just going to execute and go down and score a touchdown. You want to die a slow death, or you want to take a chance every now and then? They're not going to get anything different until they prove that they can do it and won't mess it up themselves. Right now, teams are just going, let's not let up the big play. The Chiefs will get impatient. They'll try to call too many big plays. Still, even with us playing this, or you know, somebody will try to make a big play and they'll mess it up. Whether it's Mahomes, Tyreek Kill, Clyde, you know, C- Clyde edwards Hilaire, Either way, so that's something they're going to have to prove. And here's the other thing, Mike. And you know, just I, I watch the Chiefs every week on film. You know, everybody talks about, oh, people aren't giving up the big play. Hey, a lot of teams play these umbrella defenses versus the Rams and the the Cowboys and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not like the only team in football that's seeing defenses to take away the big play. They got to find a way whether they package plays in the huddle or how they do it to be a little bit more game plan specific to go, "Hey, wait. We got to expect they're going to play this type of coverage." And, "Hey, you know, Mahomes, I called this play here, right?" Okay, but if we get this coverage here, let's check to something. I got a game plan specific play here this week to hit the post route or to screw this coverage over, like we've seen Stafford get some of these big plays from McVeigh. They got to find a way to, you know, indoctrinate that word. No, it, it, it infuse that into their offense. Does that make sense to you? To you at all? It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: it makes sense. And look, this has been an issue for the Chiefs since 2019. I remember talking to Patrick Mahomes about it before the the season. That he understands they're going to be more careful on defense. They're going to stay back, and they have to be more patient. But what happened was they still were able to beat it deep, even when defenses were. But now defenses have figured They've out how. They figured to perfect out. It. They really have They've figured exactly. out how to perfect it exactly. And the Chiefs must be patient, or it's not going to get done. Uh, one thing, real quickly, I got to say this about the Broncos because we're getting some heat because they're number sixteen. Look, you haven't beaten anybody. Low Sun seventy seven says swap the Ravens with the Broncos, then you have a solid ranking. You got a chance this week. Beat the beat the Bronc, Broncos beat the Ravens, and I'll do it. I'll do it. the The Broncos rock it into the top ten if they beat the Ravens this weekend. Let's take a break. More PFT live right after this.
2: And now Justin
0: Tucker will come on. This is going to be an epically long field goal. This will in fact be a 66 yard attempt for Justin Tucker. Oh. Tucker's ready. There's the snap. And Tucker's kick is on the way. It is Good. off the crossbar and it tumbles through.
2: Oh,
1: the crossbar,
0: and through, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Justin Tucker
2: with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn. The longest field goal in the history of the NFL has just beaten the Detroit Lions. Only the Lions. Okay. Only the f-ing Lions.
1: Okay. That was our Hump Day Homer Call of the Week, plus a little bit more, courtesy of an ecstatic Jerry Sandusky, not that one, from the Ravens broadcast, and a flabbergasted Dan Miller, yes, that one, from the Lions. Quick segment for airing of grievances. We've had some spirited airing of grievances in recent weeks. I've basically been on a full-week grievance about the NFL's lack of transparency when it comes to officiating controversy. So I don't have much to say, Chris. I'll, I'll let you have the floor.
2: All right. Well, the one I think that bothered me a little towards the end of the week last week, and I mean, we're talking about it, was like the whole Tom Brady, you know, uh, they felt like he was being treated like a 20-year-old, you know, at one of his time in New England. And that Belichick. Alex Guerrero. Alex Guerrero. Thank you for explaining that to me. Right. Quotes. Like, th- that bothered me. That did. That bothered me. First off, you know, again, Bill Belichick's the general. He's not sitting there going to play favorites with people or, you know, you know, like necessarily go out of his way to treat you totally different. Now, he treated Tom Brady differently than a lot of the other guys, so that's just incorrect. That bothered me. And then I think what bothers me is you can't say somebody treats somebody like a 20-year-old while you're treating him like a 15-year-old and talking for him. That, to me, was not cool. So that kind of bothered me. I thought it was a little hypocritical from that standpoint, and uh, I think that was probably my, my one grievance uh, that at least jumped out to me.
1: Yeah, and, and mine fundamentally is when it comes to the lack of transparency with the officiating controversies, the absence of the bells and whistles that would enhance the accuracy of calls, whether it's computer chips in the footballs, more camera angles, having a sky judge at every game, having somebody who's running the officiating department who uh, would, would require you know, a higher salary because they bring a greater skill level. The NFL at times is just too cheap for its own good. I mean, it's making money hand over fist. Don't be cheap. Why are you being cheap on important things? It's it's one thing to cut costs on where you buy your paperclips or, or whatever. But these are key positions. These are key factors. These are key dynamics in whether and to what extent people are going to have faith in the integrity of the game. And... There are people who think the games are rigged and the decision to pinch pennies when it comes to technology, when it comes to the best possible personnel to get calls right, to explain tough calls, to help people believe that the games aren't rigged. It, it causes yeah. more people to think the games are rigged, Chris. That's their biggest concern right now. And I was arguing with somebody about this yesterday because people are still going to bet even if they think the games are rigged. I don't think you have to worry about people not betting – or people not watching? Although some will opt out, you got to worry about the authorities. You got to worry about prosecutors. You got to worry about Congress. You got to worry about people who look at all this money that is changing hands legally now and saying we better get involved in this because something doesn't smell right. All because the NFL is not willing to write the checks necessary to fix and improve some
2: of these deficiencies. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. It makes no sense. You know, uh, I, Pete. Pete used an analogy explaining this a little bit, like, "Hey, like, like." then the average golfer out there has a thing he can look at to go like, oh, the wind's blowing this way, and oh, I'm this far from the, the hole. We see all these other sports that have these technologies, but you were still using, you know, you know index cards to figure out a first down, or oh, wait, the chain link was a little tangled, let me move it, or, you know, I think I saw his arm through a pile of 74 people. It's, I think it was a first down. I mean, that to me, yes, it's just the – Inexactness of that is uh, not acceptable in this age anymore. All right, quick break. When we return, the all-time great
1: NFL returns in honor of—if you haven't heard—Tom Brady returning to New England this weekend. More PFT live right after this. September 5, 1998, Tom Brady for number 5 Michigan, his first start ever. Notre Dame actually won that game 36 to 20. That was 23 years ago, and September 5 also significant to this coming weekend because that is the day that Mac Jones was born. He Crazy. was born that day and he's going to be playing against Tom Brady on Sunday night when Brady returns to New England, if you haven't heard. Brady is going back to Foxborough. All right, memorable NFL returns all time.
2: Anything you want to do, Chris, go. Okay, um, I think the first one I have to go with, of course, is Brett Favre going back to Green Bay as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that, that one to me was like uh, the first, I guess the first major moment I can remember really in like my lifetime of going like, oh my gosh, this icon of a team, a franchise, a state. He's going back with the rival football team and they're really good and they're both teams are pretty damn good. And you could just feel like kind of the the atmosphere that day, the you know, the pressure on Brett Favre and of course they won that football game. But that's the, the one that jumps out to to, to me more than any swept the packers that year yeah. on a monday night in
1: minnesota and then later in the year at green bay booed every time he stepped on the field it was loud and it was hostile and they've since Ooh, mended defenses, but not in 2009 it was ugly and it was it was spirited in 2009 uh, i agree with you on that one that would have been my first pick as well i'm gonna go peyton manning back to indianapolis in 2013 That one gets overlooked. That one gets forgotten. Peyton Manning playing for the Broncos. A record-setting season, facing Andrew Luck, going back there, and losing. Yeah. And losing in Indianapolis. That was something. And and that's one that I think we're going to be talking about next week if the Patriots beat Tom Brady on Sunday night. Because I didn't expect Peyton Manning to lose to the Colts that night. Uh, but he did, right? And uh, uh, you know, it, it leaves the door open for the Patriots to maybe pull it off and and somehow be. Look at that! You're going to see Tom Brady get hit like that, like Peyton Manning was hit. Uh, with the uh, they recovered that in the end zone for a yeah, touchdown. They did. Is that yeah. what they did. Officials yeah. give us a call there. It was a touchdown. But yeah, the the Colts and Andrew Luck took care of him. So Mac Jones not on the same level as Andrew Luck. But uh, who knows? Maybe
2: there's hope for the Patriots. No, I know. I mean. Hey, the Patriots are going to understand how important this game is to their fan base and their coach too. There's no doubt about that. And hey, you know it's crazy with with Peyton Manning too. Again, you know what was it? It was the next season, right, 2014, where they lost to a lesser Colts team in the divisional round to get yes. that opportunity to play. Like we were so excited for that AFC Championship game and didn't and didn't come through. And Demarius Thomas told me at the Super Bowl that year
1: that. They didn't want to go to New England for the NFC Championship game, and they got their wish. They lost at home to the Colts in the divisional round. Yeah,
2: yeah, they got their wish. All right, uh, my next one, I'm going to prime time. This is the coolest return ever. Deion Sanders back to Atlanta. Which one? Well, Deion Sanders, 49ers, back to Atlanta. That was his first one, and the... Gets in a fight with Andre Badmood and right? They throw blows just in the middle of the field. But this right here, come on. Does it get any better than that? A 96-yard pick six and you get to talk crap to your old team as you're running by them and high-stepping? Man, that was like just Dion was the coolest thing going ever right there. Man, I, I can still remember watching that just going, holy cow, what does it feel like to be able to run that fast and just be that awesome? Uh, really, really, uh, that was a, a special one. Here we go. Look at him. You're going to blow it out. Yeah, come on. I mean, they went after it. So that was a pretty damn good return to me. What's up with that video? It was
1: 1994. It's not the Subruder film. What the hell? Where'd that come
2: from? Uh, Good Lord, are we that old? I like that. The Subruder film. I like that. You hey. know I'm a JFK historian. Yes. Oh,
1: I know you are. It's the only <laughs> book you've ever read in your entire life. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with, and, and this really doesn't fit the vibe, but I don't care. The 15th anniversary was this past weekend. The Saints returning to the Superdome. One of the most, and it's a return. They were gone for a year because of the hurricane in 2005 the night that the Saints came back to the Superdome and and that was the night that they unlocked a new reality to their franchise they had been the Aints from their inception until 2005 2006 was the start of of something new something different with Sean Payton with Drew Brees the block punt from, uh why am I blanking on oh, I Steve know. Gleason's Steve name? Gleason, There's yes. Steve Gleason. There I'm not blanking on Steve Gleason's name. It, it finally came to me. The Michael Kanan punt that was blocked. The statue's out there. It was awesome. Great return. Memorable night. The concert before the game with U2 and Green Day. Everything about it was great. All right, yeah, go ahead.
2: Really cool, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to go Marcus Allen returning to the Raiders and playing them as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Raiders, Chiefs, as big a rivalry as there is. I know maybe some people don't realize that but I do remember I mean of course there was the issue Marcus Allen and Al Davis didn't like each other and I'm pretty sure Marcus Allen scored a touchdown or two that day uh you know as the road team because of course he was Mr 1 yard 2 yard line he's going to get it in we're going to hand him the ball that was a good one
1: i got plenty of others, too, but here's the other one, and this one stands out to me because when the real officials returned, and we've talked so much about officiating this week, after the film mary after the lockout ended, after the replacement refs were politely told, get the hell out, that Thursday night, Ravens-Browns, when the real officials came back, the way that gene oh remember that running around he was like hey we're around he's making the call it's like daddy's home and i'm told that someone someone from the league office said to him okay you had your maximus moment (laughs) now let's i love him i love gene territory
2: he does a great job on tv and i loved him as a ref
1: (laughs) let's take a break we'll wrap up this uh wednesday edition of pft live right after this with some breaking news the tampa bay buccaneers so we expected it it's happened he moves forward as a member of the team he said the panthers were interested the seahawks had some interest and there was great interest from the 49ers i still don't believe that they may have led him to believe there was great interest they were never going to sign him chris
2: well yeah i I don't know either way it's a, a smart decision i think by the tampa bay buccaneers they need it they do they need another body out there and i still think he's got you know some tread on his tires he's not he's not done He's certainly not. He'll fit in with the culture there. Uh, you know. And, of course, he wanted to go there, I'm sure, in a lot of ways because he'd like to be back in the Super Bowl and maybe win another one.
1: Also, the Bears have announced that they have purchased property in Arlington Heights, which could become the location of a new stadium. Oh, man, don't do it. At least after 2026 for a payment of $84 million. Chris, I think long term, we don't have time to talk about it now, I think eventually you could see two teams in that new stadium if it comes to fruition. All right, that's it for today. See you tomorrow. See ya.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.